Hi everyone, welcome to Sports Stories SS15. This is Lucas and if you follow us on Twitter, you'll know that our next guest is a ex-Super League netball player, current teacher, Vicklin Joseph. Um, so she'll have a lot of things to tell you about her time as a netball player and any other things that she's gone through. So welcome Vicklin, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast today. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, so just to start off with, would you tell us a bit about yourself and your experiences in sport um, from an early age and upwards? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you said, um, I'm currently um, a PE teacher um, and I've been playing netball, I would say, I would say um, proper, proper, um, probably from the age of 11, my first ever experience when I was in year six, going into high school in year seven. Um, having regular training sessions, etc. But I would say when I got like proper exposure to coaches externally, I would say that would be from the age of 15. And I've been playing literally netball um, competitively since the age of 15 up until like Christmas just gone. So only recently stopped playing. Um, And yeah, I think all I've ever done all my life is played sport. I've played obviously um, a number of different sports, but netball has always been my main focus and the main sport that I've played. Um, And I've played at different levels. So obviously I started playing at high school and representing obviously um, my high school netball team through to sixth form. And through that played middle sets competitions, national competitions through my school. And then through my external clubs, um, I would play at, um, again, county level, regional level. Um, Then I got into playing Super League. Um, I've also had the opportunity to represent England back in 2010, um, which was a massive experience for me. Um, And yeah, um, I think my journey through netball has been a relatively successful one and a very enjoyable one. So yeah, that's me. So when... Did you get into um, Super League and obviously England through school or was it, did you say was it external and then playing regional? Is that like the pathway that you go through to get all the way to the top for the people that don't know? Yeah, so um, I think I got my opportunity to play for Super League um, without the connection from school. Um, Basically, when you're playing at school, you could get scouted, but that's not really the traditional way of being successful through the, let's say the netball journey, for example, um, I, it would have to be for an external coach, my, um, or an external um, club. So the club that I played for from um, the age of 15 was Academy Netball Club based in West London. Um, and it was through there where you played um, competitions, both at county and regional level, um, where then you could then be told from your coaches to go to particular trials, hmm. which is what I did. Um, and then when you went to trials, if the coaches obviously liked what they saw, then they would rec- recruit you for um, Super League. That was sort of the journey that, that I took. Um, so I was playing for my external club. One of my really good friends, like a best friend of mine, um, actually spoke to her coach. Um, okay. The team that she was playing for at the time was Bruno Hurricanes. Right. So they're, they're, they're known as Surrey, um, Surrey Storm now, but back oh, in the yeah, day, yeah. they but Bruno Hurricanes based okay. at Bruno University. And um, she spoke to her coach, told her about myself, me being a goal shooter, which is a position that they needed um, co- um, covered for. Um, and I came to a trial. I, I, don't, I don't perform greatly um, in really like pressure That's situations. Right. Yeah, 100% because yeah. she knew, I mean, I knew 
she was literally just going to be staring at me for the whole yeah. trial. Just so I didn't actually, yeah, just watching me alone. I didn't trial properly. It was probably the worst trial I've ever had in my whole mm. entire career. Yeah. And then um, my coach, well, her, the, the coach at the time, um, spoke to me and just said, actually, like, I, I want to probably just see you over the next few training sessions. Oh, so she gave you and a chance afterwards. That's yeah, I 100%. Yeah. Like, my, friend, my friend speeched it massively. Okay. She went up to the coach afterwards, like, so Vicklin did a trial well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. mine, like, into the next few sessions and seeing how she progresses with us as a team, etc. Mm. Luckily, she obviously um, gave me the, those opportunities. And then I was, I was a lot calmer, a lot more relaxed and, like, showed my true talent. And then obviously I got um, selected into that into that team and was playing for Bruno Hurricanes for a number of years. Mm. Um, and it was through that that I progressively went from Bruno Hurricanes to Hertfordshire Mavericks. That's also known now as um, Saracen Mavericks. Okay. Um, and obviously played Super League for, oh gosh, I want to say at least 10 year plus. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So, is that, so how old are you in that, for, for that trial? So I was about... 19-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-20-
Um, and because netball, yeah, don't get me wrong, I fully agree, it is on the rise. You're seeing it a lot more. You're hearing about it a lot more, especially after we won um, Commonwealth um, Gold um, three years ago. Um, it's definitely spoken of a lot more, um, mm. but the money behind it all is still not high enough. Um, mm. So they have to try and accumulate this money from somewhere yeah. and, yeah, and getting these hubs in from um, younger girls and getting their parents to affiliate these girls into these hubs um, generates the money in order for them to do what they can with the senior team and get the exposure that they, they obviously can do. Um, with the, the senior teams um, but in terms of your random netballer They're who may have the skills being yeah. able to walk into a franchise at the senior level nah. it's a shame really because obviously people like you would have like that's how you got there you know so yeah. people can't do the same nowadays do you think uh, how much obviously as a teacher like you you I'm guessing you coach netball at schools yeah. and stuff like that. Do you, is there an increase in interest in it like, that you've noticed or not so much? Do you think that that has an influence or? Um, I think it's, so I work in a private sector, so I work okay. um, for a private school. Mm. So, um, I mean, I've had the opportunity to work in the state and the private sector and they're two very different worlds. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. with the, the current school that I'm working in now, the girls, jump at these opportunities um, and the opportunities come flooding their way yeah. because their parents are paying for their education so we've yeah. got I feel obligated because I'm head of netball at my school I feel obligated to be opening up these opportunities for these girls because rightly so um, their parents are expecting um, a certain level of matches um, exposure for like professional players to come in and coach their girls as well mm. I think their opportunities are way more than what a girl might be offered at a state school because mm. like I said I've, I've done both and I would normally let's say at my first school that I um, started working at after I graduated with my um, teacher's degree mm. we would train once a week that's it it will be all age groups year seven up to year 13 train on one day whereas now in my, in my private school you're training before school, lunchtime, and having fixtures nearly every week after school. Very serious. So, yeah, 100%. And competitive, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, um, obviously, you, so did, you came, when you were going through that process, you were at a state school, right? Yeah. So yeah. do you feel like coming up through that, there was any difficulties being a, from a state school competing against people, I'm guessing, who are coming from private schools? Do you feel like there was difficulties in that area? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think... I was very fortunate that I had um, coaches and PE teachers around me that helped me on my netball journey. Mm. Um, my parents, I'm not saying that they weren't supportive, but they probably didn't encourage my involvement in sport. So when I got to competitions or had to get to tournaments, it wasn't my mum or dad driving me there. It was right. actually, yeah, yeah. or it was parents of the, of my some of my teammates yeah so I was very lucky that I had let's say like a netball family that helped me to get the um get to matches and give me the exposure to netball I don't think that is typically what happens with girls who come from a state school um the way the system is set up now in terms of hubs and um, academies mm. personally financially I wouldn't be able to do that now yeah but a lot of these independent um 
girls who are very fortunate who have parents who are probably a, a lot more financially stable paying a, a season's worth of fees i'm not saying it's easy to them but yeah. it's easier than maybe yeah. someone who's obviously come from a state school background if i was if i was let's say 15 now i would be no. anywhere near that yeah. or getting opportunities no way hmm. what what other difficulties do you feel like you face like individually just coming up through that so obviously you, said, you mentioned about private schools and state schools and not, and your parents not necessarily being able to take you to games and stuff like that. What, what other things was it that was difficult for you? Um, I will say... And also not I'll, just in netball, like even in any, anything else, like teaching and things like that, just I'll, on your way up, like through those experiences, is there anything that you've found difficult and you've had to get through? Yeah, so... Like I mentioned, um, I've taught, um, when I first got my degree, I taught at a state school for eight years. Mm. And um, I was, I loved, I absolutely loved my job as being a PE teacher. And that was I mean, one of the main reasons why I became a PE teacher was because of um, one of the PE teachers that taught me when I was um, at school. And it just yeah. funny enough, the school that I went to from year seven up to year 13 was the same school that I went back to yeah. to teach four yeah. years later. Yeah. So a lot, it was weird at uh, first because a lot of teachers yeah, I'll be calling me a few years back and now obviously I'm on like the first name. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that was weird, but um, once we, we got over that, it was absolutely fine and obviously things were professional, etc. Mm. Um, but then I would say some of the challenges that I faced was my career progression. Um, mm. Personally, my, my experience wasn't a pleasant one. Um, I was, I feel like I was always seen to be given opportunities whenever it was a sporting environment. So I sort of led the netball in, in the Ealing Borough, because that's where um, the school that I was I worked in. And, um, but when I tried to develop my career pastorally, so becoming either like a deputy head of year or a head of year, I would always get stuck at one hurdle. I was probably a deputy head of year for about four years, but I went for several, I mean, several promotions to be head of year. Mm. And I, just would never ever get it the people that yeah. were getting it over me were were either males or no one who was black mm. and it was very noticeable um yeah. when it keeps happening over and over again and you're thinking okay hold on now there has to be a reason as to why this is not happening because i know i'm producing really good um answers um in my interviews because when i'm having feedback there's not really much feedback in order for me to progress or get better for yeah. the next interview you and you just can't help but start to look at the trend and start looking at oh the image of these people that are now all heads of years or members of slt they all look very similar and i don't fit that mold so i can't change my my image i can't change the complexion of my skin um that was when it got to a point where i knew i had to move on and start actively looking for a new right. job in another school so yeah i had people that um i would start the same year like funnily enough myself and another colleague came into that school same year because we went to the same university together oh, yeah. he by, by the time i left that school he was a member of slt really and i, and I was still stuck wow. at head, head of year and he was male and he was white i'm female and i'm black and it was just very very noticeable it's just that people just didn't really speak about it what do you is there any anything you felt like you could have done about it at the time or was it was your best option just to kind of move on and kind of find your own way? Um, the type of school that I worked in, you couldn't, personally, there was no one that I felt that I could turn to 
that was in a, I would say, a leadership role mm. higher up than me that I felt comfortable talking to about it. Right. There was, it was a very clear divide and it was like these members of staff are in an inner circle. Even yeah. if there was a member of staff that you could talk to on a Friday evening in yeah. an unprofessional environment, then come Monday morning, it went back to, right. no, they're, they're SLT, they're, they're above you. There's a hierarchy system. So I knew for me personally, I didn't feel comfortable talking to anyone um, other than people in my department. And um, knowing that it was in a safe space in my department, it, it probably wouldn't get, it probably wouldn't go anywhere else for it to be heard and then acknowledged and maybe acted on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would then get it off my chest and then have to get on with the next day. So ultimately for me, I, I, I thought that the only thing that I could do is just move on. Yeah. Did you, did you feel like um, it was just a racial thing or do you feel like gender played a role or, um, or have you noticed uh, that any, uh, elsewhere in other jobs or other situations? I think for me, my, I think my personal experience, it was more so um, race. Mm. Because if someone else would get a promotion, um, it might be... And not, when I say race, I'm not saying that everyone else who was higher up pastorally or in terms of management were all white. It mm. might be Asian women, for example. But mm. they they perceived themselves in such such a way yeah. there wasn't any there was probably only one black member of slt a female science teacher but she was very fair-skinned like, no one looked like me and yeah. no i couldn't relate to anyone in those higher in like powerful Literally, or yeah. manage managerial um roles for example so for me i thought it was more to do with race um i think this is actually quite a funny story actually or oh, I, I can laugh at it a little bit now but when at the time, back in what, 2008, when I applied for this job, um, my, my dad's Grenadian, my mum's Jamaican, they were both born in um, the West Indies. And um, in my interview, I actually um, said, asked instead uh, of asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm a household where, that's obviously, where, that's how they say it. And um, many years later, I actually got told that I nearly didn't get the job because of that. Wow. Yeah, so I was told from my head of department at the time um, that she had to sort of like fight my case. Um, the deputy head of the school said, can we really employ someone who says ox? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the head of, the head of P at the time had to actually say, to be honest, Vicklin, like, look at her credentials. Like on paper, we need her in this school. Like mm-hmm. she's got obviously ounces of experience in terms of her playing career, what she can bring to the school, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like she had to speech it yeah. for me to be able to, yeah. to get a job. So, um, yeah, it's to do with my culture, to do with my race, I do think I, I faced a few barriers in that school. What do you think can be done about it? Is there much that can be done, do you think? Or is it is there an individual um, thing for, for those individuals? Or do you think there's much that can I be think, done about it? I think there's a lot that can be done, um, but it has to come from a place where people are actually willing to, one, first of all, be educated and learn mm. and be willing to change. Um, personally, unless, I mean, the school that I'm talking about, um, I think a lot of the managerial teachers that were there at the time has significantly changed. I don't think a lot of them are still there. Mm. Um, and I, I'm not too sure if um, they've got the right, mindset of actually being open-minded in terms of the different cultures and and experience experiencing 
those enough in the in the in the workplace there's always room for change but it's whether or not people are willing to allow it to happen and the only way that can actually happen is one like being educated and two being in a position where you're going to give people from different backgrounds different cultures different nationalities different genders different sexualities those opportunities in these particular positions mm. if you're not open to that then there, there is going to be zero change yeah i agree i i, see, I agree with you um just quickly to go back to sport what about um when you played for england how, how did that um process work and was there do you feel like there were similar things in the netball um going through up the ranks and to try to get to a higher stage with that or was it slightly different um yeah so I was playing um, Super League for Mavericks um, for a number of years and um, we were doing really good um, in terms of um, matches and um, you, you would have England selectors watching some of these Super League matches and mm. um, approaching some individuals and it was, one, it, was on the, it was in the year that we won the championships um, and um, yeah, best, best night of my life winning that um, and um, I was actually invited by email to come to... Um, some of the training sessions and some of the trials i would say that i was probably trialing and and in the england system we would normally call it um where you're training with girls who represented england quite regularly for about two or three years um and then um every time there was a competition coming about there will have you would do like an internal trial of all the england girls who were training together um one year for uh, i think it was it was for a european um championships so you you got you you got opportunity to play against scotland northern ireland wales and um and um and yeah scotland northern ireland wales Mm -hmm. and i unfortunately technically i didn't get in i was like girl number 13 and they were taking 12 girls Um, but one of the shooters got injured the week leading up to the competition so i got a phone call randomly on the friday while i was at work saying girl X has obviously got injured would you be able to drive to Wales tonight the competition starts tomorrow morning because it was a week in competition I was like hell yeah I'm leaving right now <laughs> like literally so I literally left work went home packed drove all the way I don't even know I can't remember how oh. I managed to drive to Wales exactly yeah. by myself drove mm. all the way to Wales and then luckily got that opportunity and got oh. that spot to say that, yeah, I physically was in an England netball dress on the court playing, oh, um, and we actually won that competition as well. So that's the only first and only time that I actually physically like represented England. But I would say that I was in the system for about three years, okay. trialing and and training with the England and girls. You got lucky with your break, and then you managed to play, which is good. Yeah, exactly. Um, just um, just to kind of like wrap it up with the question, I, I always ask a question at the end. I've asked my previous guests. Um, just on sport, do you feel like sport is something that defines you? And also, where would you be without sport? Do you feel like you'd still be a teacher, just maybe in a different area? Um, do you feel like you'd be in a completely different profession? Um, 100% sport defines me. Mm. Um, I know I'm a, I'm a mother now, and obviously I probably don't get the opportunity to play as much netball as I would like. Mm. But um, if I didn't have netball in my life, I wouldn't be the person I am now. Mm. Um, I probably won't be wouldn't wouldn't be a PE teacher because it was my involvement in sport and my main bunch of friends are all the girls who I played netball with. Um, so 
I don't even think I would be a teacher in an, another area. We would have a very different career if it wasn't for my involvement in sport in so many aspects of my friends, my my partner who also is involved in sport um, and me physically playing sport for how, how long. If, I, if that was to be taken out of my life, I would be half the person I am now. I'm the same. I've played sport since I was, well, since I've been a, a baby. And I think yeah. a lot of people, everyone can almost have, a, has a sporting experience, like everyone. And a lot of people who are still involved in it as they get older, can't really see anything else, like anything going the same way if they weren't involved. Because it's one of those things that once you start it, you're always going to be attached to it somehow. Yeah. It's, all, it's around everyone and you can't get away from it. No, definitely. I Do you feel like it's something that, that's a good thing like would you would you want it any other way or are you happy with how how things have gone and how things are gonna go 100% happy um I think there's obviously been knockbacks and challenges that I've faced but sometimes I personally feel like those are little blessings that you need yeah. to learn from helps yeah. you to become a better person in, in at the end of it all um it hasn't been plain sailing but nothing ever ever, ever is in life and I would definitely want to pursue um a similar type opportunity for my little boy like already yeah. i've got him going to like rugby football like already and he's yeah, what yeah, two yeah. and a half so um i can't i can't envision sport at not being involved in my life mm. and not being involved in my in my in my little boy's life as well so i wouldn't want it any other way yeah i agree i think it kind of helps you even with you saying about the setbacks, like sport is kind of a a mirror, if if you if you like, like in some ways, like the things that you go through in sport, the not getting into trials or missing out on opportunities and yeah. kind of having to keep going and get through it to get to the next stage is kind of what you have to do in everyday life and yeah. in different areas. I try to like explain this to the girls who I work with in my independent school. Mm. A lot of these girls, because of their environment, they don't get told no. Mm. They get told whatever you want in life you can get it talk about it and, and you can get it trust yeah. me um so when they are unsuccessful and they, they don't get um, scouted for a team that i've picked or they don't get captaincy or whatever yeah. they're not used to me telling them no and yeah. i i have to really like enforce on them and encourage and remind them that you're going to get setbacks in life you, you might apply to a university and get told no mm. you haven't got it or you might go for a job interview no you haven't got it but trying to deal with it now through sport will help you mm. understand, okay, things are not going to get given to me on a plate, but what can I do to learn, learn about this in order for me to deal with the possible um, setback or possible failure or someone telling me no later on in life. Mm. So I think it's a massive learning curve and it's something that is so easily done through the, through the journey of sport. I think so. I, a lot of, like, as, as I said, I've spoken to other people on sim well I've asked them all a similar question and it's, we always come to a similar conclusion like sport is one of those things that kind of helps you through everything and it makes you learn a lot about your what you're going to experience and also about yourself and how you're going to deal with difficult situations and get through them so I agree um just to wrap up thank you very much for coming on um I'm sure there's a lot of people can take something from it and obviously I haven't had a lady on before so it's nice to speak about oh, wow. some, some things that other people can't really relate to so I'm sure that there'll be people that can take a lot from it. So oh, thank no, you. I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. It's really yeah. nice. So everyone, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed it.
Um, keep an eye out on our Twitter page and our Instagram page for more podcasts. And thank you very much, Victor, for coming on. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.